Hello, welcome to Not Film School, the podcast where you can call me older brother. That's relevant to the movie that I just watched. Anyway, hey, my guest on today's episode is somebody super duper special, a guest that you don't deserve, but I'm going to deliver to you. It's my little sister, Gabriella. She's she's so soft-spoken and adorable. It's it's going to be a good episode. Good, good, easy listening. And I'm pretty sure she's been my little sister for like, how many, like, yeah, my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, subtract a few years from that. But for, yeah, the majority of my life. So here, here we are. Brother and sister, super close, just like in the anime. Check that out. No, but really, check out the anime. It's it's a fantastic show. Uh, and in my review, I do say that I think you could watch this movie without ever having seen the anime, and it will give you reasons to want to watch the anime. So uh, if you haven't seen the show and you're nervous about watching the movie, because it can be kind of intimidating. You're like, okay, I want to watch this movie, but I have to watch 25 episodes of a show to try to catch up with the story of the movie. You don't you don't have to do that. You can just watch the movie outright and if you dig what you see then you know you have a whole lot more waiting for you. Think of it as a sample. You you take a sample of this movie and then you can <laughs> go all out on a show. I mean, it, what's what's there's no risk. There's only payoff for you. Go watch the movie. My musical recommendation because we are getting late in the year uh or late in the summer. Mid and middle in the summer. I don't know what is July because there's like June. I feel like is the beginning of summer, and August is definitely like the end of summer. But I was I don't know. July always feels like this weird in between place, kind of uncomfortable. But anyway, uh, it's hot and it's sticky. So you want to listen to some garage rock and roll while you're working on your car in the sun. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, it's raining pretty much everywhere. But uh, I've got a band called Swamp. Swamp. It's like Swamp, but S-V-V-A-M-P. Listen to them. They are righteous. They, they're, they're really good just sitting around or maybe driving a car at sunset kind of, kind of music. It's, it's rock and roll. It's bluesy. Yeah. Check them out. Check this movie out. Check, uh, check, check. One, two, three. Check, check. All right. Yeah, there you go. All right. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the weekend. Hello. Hi. My name's Gabby. And this hey, is... hey, 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 hey. Chill out, leader. I'm trying to take my podcast. and. I wasn't sure where you were going with this. So... Well, I was going to talk, talk a little bit first. Banter, you know, casually. Okay. You don't want to chat a little bit before we start recording? What are we going to chat about? Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> hey, not everybody has listened to the My Hero Academia episode, so let's let's actually introduce you. I, who are you? Okay, since we're doing injections, hi. Wait. <laughs> I need to tell them who you are, right? That's how you introduce. Like, I need to introduce you to them. No, I thought I was gonna do. The no, you can tell them about you, but I think I'm supposed to tell them who you are. No, I prefer to do that, please. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, it's my podcast. I don't know why you're trying to take control all of a sudden. I give you a little bit, Gabs. I give you a little bit, and you try to take the whole damn thing. Fine, um, fine, sure. Tell them who you are. All of it, the whole thing. Uh, okay. Uh, 
okay. Hi, I'm Ga Gabby, Kyle's younger sister and only sister. And best sister. I'm your only sister, so the best sister doesn't count. Yeah, but, like, it's the truth, though, if that's... Okay. Tell me about you. I like anime, and my brother does, too. That's why we did this movie episode of the Mugen Train Demon Slayer. My favorite anime, I had to say, would be Fruits Basket, for nostalgic purposes. How did you like the most recent season? Of Fruits Basket? Yeah, the remake stuff, right? Yes. I I like season three. I'm glad that they did a season three in the reboot. Mm-hmm. Because it answered a whole lot of unanswered questions before in the original. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way that it ended, though. Interesting. I don't want to spoil it for people. I'm sure people, there are probably some anime fans out there that are, are curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I'm hesitating to say what would you change, but I really do. I hate spoilers. I so don't want to spoil it for anybody because I like Fruits Basket just as much as the other person. Mm. And I have avoided spoilers of all kinds on that. It's a pretty popular one. That's why I'm a little bit yes. cautious. But it will, we'll, we'll go on record. Gabby says she doesn't like it. I, I don't like the ending. The ending kind of felt weird. Was it like empty compared to what you would want it to be? Did it, it end on a weird note? Did it end on a sad note? A happy was, note. It was just average. Okay. Very cool. Mediocre. Mediocrity. Yep. Is that a better ending than the last time, though? I guess they left off on an empty hook last time. Okay. But this time there was at least some, what, there, they, what they call a, a sense of... There was some ground to the ending, I agree. Okay. But it was actually an ending. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. I heard f through Funimation that they are going to make a spinoff series of the main character's parents, hmm. which I don't know the name of Toro's parents right off the top of my head because they're very little mentioned in the show. It must be real popular in that case, then, if they're trying to make a spin-off of an anime. Yes. That doesn't happen very often. That's just based off the parents themselves and how they came to be parents of Toru. Word. Well, tell us more about you. What, what else? What else should we know? Um, what else are you an expert at? Pokemon. Ho-ho. Tell us about Pokemon. Um, I love playing Pokemon. I actually am writing... My game journal, which has a whole lot of stuff about Pokemon, I've stopped it to do the review on this particular film. Mm, so you, you made time for me. Yes. That's, that makes me feel important. Yes. Are you saying, yes, I am important? I'm saying, yes, I did stop, I did stop doing that to make time for you. Yes, I did. Because I'm important? To me, yes. Oh, wow. Thank You're you. You're also my brother, so Actually, obviously. Bro I'm blushing a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... With the way that you treat me, I always thought I was unimportant to you. No, that's Ellie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For the unaware, that's my grandmother <laughs> she's talking about. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so you like Pokemon and you like anime. Um, yes. You, play, you like playing video games in general, right? Not just Pokemon? I've actually started playing Monster Hunter Stories, the first one, because they just released Monster Hunter uh, 
Wings of Wrath, I believe is the title, mm-hmm. this July. And I'm, I don't want to get it until I finish the, the first one. Yeah. Because some information does tie into the second one. Gotcha. I keep telling Gabby she should play Final Fantasy. Any one of them. That she'd love them because it's turn based. It's like Pokemon, but it's also got JRPG elements and it's got really good stories. I think that you'd love it, but, but hey, you know, don't take my advice. I also like playing Zelda. Yeah, what I'm what I'm trying to say is if you if you've heard what you heard about Gabby now and you think that she'd like Final Fantasy, then feel free to reach out to the show through email, Facebook, Instagram, and just send me a message saying that Gabby should play Final Fantasy and I'll get it to her. Which one would I play though? I think well there's a lot of reading involved in the earlier ones. Maybe maybe number ten would be good because ten would be you don't have to read, they read it to you. It's a script. I've also played Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, and Kirby. She kicks ass at Mario Kart. She absolutely destroys. After multiple hours of practice getting my ass kicked. Yep. Yes. Cool. Or should I say my middle ass kicked because I normally sit in a chair. <laughs> Let's talk about that. You got uh, cerebral palsy, correct? Correct. Correct. Um, CP is the abbreviation for it. Yeah. Sweet. And you kick that thing's ass too, right? I live with it. Yeah. And I've coped with it. And it drives me nuts sometimes, as you've seen. Yeah. But everybody has that. But you've you've overcome a whole lot of stuff, you know? Like uh, video games. I remember you used to play Super Smash Bros. And uh, your fine motor skills, which is like little, like pressing buttons at the right time and stuff. Yes. It was hard for you. Yes. Also, I feel like during the beginning of me learning how to play video games, my grip was just too hard. Mm. Because I remember there were times that you had to fix my controller because my grip was too hard. Yeah, maybe. Could be. And I can't control this. This happens to me regardless of what I do. But my hands do tend to sweat a lot Mm -hmm. as well. And that makes handling the controller difficult after a while. A bit difficult, yeah. Yeah. So I have to wear sport gloves to accommodate my hands. Yeah, but you've gotten so good that you could kick my ass in Super Smash Bros. and Mario Kart, so. Yeah. So that's incredible. That's really cool. Props to you. I just recently tried kicking Ace's ass. How'd that go? (laughs) (laughs) With Super Smash, like with fighting games, Asa, okay, Asa's our older brother. I think I did an episode, Phantasm, with Asa, if you want to hear more about him, but. Yep. and he can be very competitive competitive and cocky i'm competitive to a fault but i can hold back i don't love playing fighting games with asa (laughs) to be honest you get a little bit much it's like all right i also played with malika with him yeah malika probably had fun right Uh, yes with you with me (laughs) maybe not with asa he 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 wanted us to Bet, make a bet and put money in it, and I just backed off. Yeah. I'm like, nope. They, they, he probably tried to get you guys to both team up on him, right? He's like, oh, I'm so good. Nobody can take me down. I need both of you to try to kill me. Yes. Well, anyway, we're not here to air out our grievances towards family members. True. Um, what movie are we talking about? We're talking about a Kensu no Yaiba, if I'm saying that right. Kimetsu no Yaiba. No Yaiba. Uh, Demon Slayer the Mugen Train. Do you have any idea what Kimetsu no Yaiba is? The anime? No, the name. Do you know what it means in Japanese? No. 
It means uh, the destructive blade of demons. Well, that makes sense. The blade of demon destruction. That makes sense. Yep. My favorite character is... I didn't ask you that. Are you leading the show? Is this your goddamn show? Are you trying to take my show from me? I'm trying to start a conversation. Well, let me start. Hey, Gabby. Okay. What would you say is your favorite character in the Demon Slayer series? Uh, I would say I have Nezuko? two. Nezuko? Oh. I have two. You were about to say Nezuko before. Nezuko You're changing and... your answer, goddammit. No. Yeah, okay, all right. Let's start from the top. Who are your favorite characters in Kimetsu no Yaiba? Uh, Nezuko and Tanjiro Kamado. Okay, yeah. Tell us about why. Um, everyone can agree with me on this. Ne- Nezuko is awesomely adorable. Kawaii in the Japanese frame, if you want to. Kawaii. Yes. Yeah. She is absolutely adorable. Whenever she speaks, which is rare within this, w- sorry, within the series, I just kind of like hearing her voice. Mm-hmm. And I also like how uh, Tanjiro treat her, treats her as a little sister. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how you treat me. Oh. But that's okay. <laughs> My least favorite character, I want to say, is Zenitsu. You don't like the yellow, the yellow guy? The No. Can I be honest with you? What? He's like one of my favorite characters. If you, is that stank? You if, look at me with stank? If you like that sort of thing, then do you, dude. Just because I don't like a character doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. Do you want to ask why I like him? You don't even care? I, I can see his second persona when he's asleep. It's cool. I can agree with that. Sure, okay. But when he's awake, he's nothing but a crybaby and a pansy. But I kind of relate to him with being a crybaby and a pansy. In what sort of way? All right. Here's the thing. Uh, Anxiety makes you a crybaby and a a pansy. As you said it. I I didn't say that, but you did. You did just call me a crybaby and a pansy. I'm like, not you specifically, the okay, character. Okay, okay, okay. But if I have to specify, the thing with anxiety is that it makes you feel like a whiny cry baby, goo goo gaga. Yeah. But most of the time, I'll still go ahead and do the thing that I'm terrified of doing. As if somebody else is taking the wheel and like walking me through it. So, like that whole like panic attack, like, oh, oh, like freaking out and stuff. Or I in definitely... my case, rolling me through it. Ho ho ho! But yeah, it's the 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 sensation of freaking out and not wanting to deal with things and not wanting to deal with problems and just kind of losing my shit. I totally relate to that. But then the idea that there's some other part of me, like in my unconscious, that just kind of like takes control and drags me through that shit, regardless of whether or not I want to deal with it, is just something I really kind of relate to. I can agree. Yeah. The I've seen. I've met people who are actually kind of like Zenitsu. Sure. And I... What, sorry. I just don't like them as much. Mm-hmm. Like crybabies? Little crybabies? Because I, I feel like they're too dramatic. Yeah. If I was dealing with a three-year-old or five-year-old, that would make more sense. But it's not just that he is dramatic. It's also that he gets the job done. He saved a bunch of people, like uh, a unconsciously episode, gets the job done, but still got the job done. 
Because so his knocked out persona is different from his own. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, not only that, but like just constantly falling in love. I can totally dig that. Just being a big old Romeo yeah. and being obsessed with Nezuko and blah, blah, blah. Which Nezuko, is funny because that plays into this movie. Nezuko, yeah. I get, but obsessively trying to make women fall for you, but they're actually terrified because you're trapping them. Yeah, I can't. I guess I can't relate to that. Yeah, he do, he <laughs> does weird. grab ran random girls and random women to say, will you marry me? Will you marry please? please? I'm like, oh, God, no. He's been kind of creepy to her. It's kids, too. You know what I mean? You yes. remember when he was at the butterfly yes, lady's yes, place? Yes, I do. There's yes, the, I do. It's the blood, butterfly lady's place. Then they need to train. So uh because they're getting reconditioned from having dealt with the the mountain the mountain spider people and he was completely head over thunder for that yeah he was like oh yeah because there there's these little girls that needed to stretch them out and like massage their their backs yes. and stuff and he was like oh you guys this is so amazing i love this this is incredible and it's just creepy. yes creepy. also there was another time if you remember the the demon that had the drums mm -hmm, yeah yes he wanted the younger kid to protect him. Yeah, I thought that that was more just silly instead of That was kind of creepy to me. I'm like, you're looking at a, an underclassman, if I have to use that word. Underclass, no. <laughs> That's not appropriate. An, just a an underly, yeah. yeah. Someone who's under you, and then you want them to protect you, what? even though you have the most experience. I yeah okay I do think that that's kind of it's ridiculous to the point of being fucking annoying yeah because uh, like him trying to get that little kid to like hang out with him and protect him like it's just a stupid it is a, it's a he's a bit much as a character sometimes yes. and I do think that there's something to be said also about anime in general where there always has to be a pervert. And I don't get that why is that a thing you know it's kind of like uh, the same thing with uh, Inosuke. Where there always has to be a hot-headed, uh, acts before he thinks, competitive, wants to be better than everybody guy. Like, there's always, like, the hothead and then the pervert. They're just trying to, I think, fill in what fans would like. Because there's different type of fans. Some fans love their perverts. Some fans love the hot-headed characters. And, personally, I've watched... A one protagonist character in multiple different animes, and it's actually not as entertaining as just seeing them all play out as their own in this particular series. Mm. I also picked up on a skit that you didn't pick up on in the movie itself. What's that? The Big Brother skit. Where... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll wait to get onto that one because yeah. that's actually getting into the substance of the film, but. What I was going to say is um, that both Inosuke and Zenitsu, like you just said, like they're written in a particular way where animes have general stereotype characters that they kind of include because characters love them. So people love yeah. the pervert, so let's throw in Zenitsu, who's a who pervert. And then people love the hothead, so let's throw in Inosuke. Just a hint, by the way, Ace's favorite character is Inosuke. Yes, I'm aware, and so is Malika's. So just by the way, that's her favorite character yeah. too? No way, okay. I like his positivity, but anyway, he is kind I, of an archetype. The only thing I find cute about him is when he gets kind of, he pauses and then he gets all giddy and happy 
Yeah, he starts getting all sweet. And bubbly. Yeah, the little bubbles. And I can kind of appreciate that because that's a rare occurrence for this particular character. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. He also kind of reminds me of a little kid. Like he's childish. Yeah. Yeah, I get you, I get you. So I can admire that. Yeah. Though I don't understand the boar head, but I think that's because he wants to look more intimidated, more intimidating and less feminine. Well, it seems like they've got a whole story building for him that we'll eventually get to. Now, I was going to say about the them being archetypal characters. I also kind of wish they had more depth because obviously, like, the anchor for the emotion and stuff is Tanjiro. Tanjiro is, like, the emotionally yes. charged character. He's the one that you you get the most backstory for. He's got the most character development, all that stuff. And I think that Inosuke and Zenitsu are kind of wasted a little bit because I think the idea of having like a subconscious takeover, like there's some poetry to it, like to taking over to, you know, take out the business when, when you can't handle it. I like that. That's kind of poetic. Uh, but we don't really know much about him except he got trained by an old man that would like force him into training continually. True. And then Inosuke, we pretty much don't know anything at all. Other than he fell off a cliff because his mother wanted to protect him. Yeah, and he was probably, like, raised in the wild or something by animals, which is why he's the king of the mountain. But, yeah, I think that, like, jumping into their subconscious, I I really don't think that anybody has a subconscious that would be boring and or, like, that would lack character, but both their subconscious dreams were kind of, like, meh, you know? Mm Like what? Like uh, what's his name? Inosuke had like the one. I I don't I don't know what it was a reference to. It was clearly a reference to something. But they had like raccoon tails, and they were going to fight the, the spider train. Yes. Uh, Tanuki. Is that like a show that they were referencing? Uh, no. Tanjiro was a Tanuki. Nezuko was a rabbit, and of course Zenitsu was a rat. But you have no idea. You don't know what it might have been referred. That's the the thing is like even if I were to look Japanese up on Japanese mythology Tanuki. Oh okay. Yes. So what what is that? It's a shape shifting creature. It can transform into another animal. It can transform itself into human with a leaf on its head. You think Tanjiro was a Tanuki? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I know what he is. But in that dream particularly? Yes. I have full confidence in that. But he had a raccoon tail. That's a tanuki tail. Okay. Tanukis are brown and kind of black. Okay. That rings around their tail. The only other reference this would be to is a red panda. Okay. Which, no, it was not a red panda. He also okay, had a... all right. You don't have to, like, attack me. <laughs> he also had a leaf on his head representing the tanuki. Okay, all right. Well, all right, Kawaii, good, good, what, otaku, right? Weebu, what other I'm slur a can weeb. I throw you? I'm a weeb, not an otaku. Otaku's stretching it a bit too far. What? What is an otaku? Tell me what an otaku is. It. Quentin Tarantino is known as an otaku, but I don't know if you know who that is. No, I don't. But tell me what an otaku is. Someone who's much further into anime than me likes playing. Video games like Doki Doki Literature Club. Going into that category is kind of cringy. But... I have no idea what that is, so yeah. And 
wanting to have the weapons like a katana, for example. So like physically owning the weapons. Yes. Okay. I only know a little bit from what the animes can show me. Yeah. And if you look into Pokemon, there are some Pokemon that are based off Japanese mythology too. Mm-hmm. There's historical animes that I've watched from time to time explaining all this. So there is a hierarchy with nerddom for Japanese anime. So you're a weeb. Where do you fall on the totem pole? I, for me, I like buying the plushies. Sometimes clothes if I, if I am attracted to them in a sort of way. You saw me buy the angel beret, mm-hmm. which caught my eye and I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah. And obviously, you've seen my love for Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Lots of plushies. But what's a weeaboo, then? Are you, do you fall anywhere near the category of weeaboo? No. I'm a weeb. So a, what is a weeaboo? It's a larger extension, I think. So on the totem pole, like you're, are, is a weeb an entry-level nerd? Yes. And so a weeaboo is like body pillow nerd? Yes. And then an otaku is like own the weapon nerd? Yes. Where do cosplayers fall? Uh, it depends, because I do cosplay from time to time. I usually cosplay at PortCon. PortCon's my thing. Okay. Every June, I cosplay as that. Comic-Con in Portland, Oregon. Sorry, Portland, Maine, correct? Yes. Yeah. I I thoroughly enjoy it, but I'm not obsessed over it. Mm-hmm. There is cosplay cafes in Japan and all that kind of stuff. Word. But, so, you're still... Even though you cosplay, you're not up to weeaboo. No. What do you? What do you? What qualifies as the weeaboo? Because I, whenever I think of weeaboo, I think like, why don't you look it up for yourself, Herbert? Well, you're the expert. This is a podcast. I thought we were gonna True. ask you, and you get the answers. But I, I feel like weeaboo is somebody who's like in love with anime characters. I've had crushes. I will. I, I have had crushes on anime characters myself, but not to the obsession of owning a body pillow pillow of them or obsessively buying the games that they're currently in yeah there's what is there... it about that that people fall in love like it would to relate it to um dragon slayer i i sorry demon slayer <laughs> dragon slayer is an anime though right no goblin no? slayer yes well either way something slayer demon slayer yeah demon slayer to relate it to demon slayer i'm sure that there's probably like a fan crowd for nezuko which creeps me out yeah but yeah, it's, I don't know, what is it about people that they want to fall in love with? I mean, especially Nezuko, she doesn't really have character, she's just the sister, and then I, she's got some bitey, she's a demon. I want to say it. it is, the imagination goes wild just from the idea of a character, mm-hmm. and you wanting to be with that character, how they would act, what they would do with you, and just in general, how would you be with them? Mm-hmm. The reason why I know this insight is because I've actually fallen for a few anime characters myself through the years. Word. I've had crushes on anime characters when I was a lot younger, but yeah, you just think that they're cool. You're like, wow. Yes. You're cool. And And (laughs) sometimes you do wish that a character like that existed in real life, Mm -hmm. but reality kicks in like, no. I always thought it was interesting, the idea that Somebody does exist like that, you know, they're just not that anime character. They might look a little different, they might be a little different and Correct. It might be cool, you know, if 
you appreciate that character, then bring that character into life. Act a little more like the people that you admire, you know? Even if they're fake. <laughs> Agreed. I don't have to act like Tandria, though, because I'm pretty much... Oh, like, here we go again. Here we go again. I'm, all right. We have this whole thing where whenever we watch Demon Slayer, I get all about it. <laughs> very, I'm very excited about Demon Slayer. And I just think, I mean, my hair is kind of no. red. No, 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 no. I'm yes, a we are all boy. We are all redheads in I this house. I care about my sister. I've literally carried you into buildings. When your wheelchair wouldn't go up the stairs, I carried you, okay? I can admit that you carried me, but you don't exactly okay. act like the character. Okay. I have a beautiful soul. Okay, this is getting way too weird. I am Tanjiro. It's just what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry, okay? people on the other side of this podcast. No, I'm not, because I am. I am, because this is embarrassing for your little why, sister. Why is it embarrassing? Because you say these things which aren't true at all. Gabby, you, I'm a little bit like you. Tanjiro, no, no, right? No, 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 no. No? Not even a little bit? No. I care. I have you sympathy for demons. are different from an anime character. The Don't anime bump the mic. I didn't mean to bump the mic, sorry. You're um, fired. <laughs> because you disagree with me, but I, also because you bump the mic. I... I I was never hired in the first place. You don't pay me for anything. I was going to pay you. Now I'm not. I don't believe that. <laughs> That's a lie. You shouldn't. Very... That was a lie. No. That's how I'm not like Tanjiro. I lie. I yes. lie plenty. I, for me, on this particular topic, I'm not comfortable with lying, as Kyle has seen. Mm. I am a wide open personality, and I will be straight up honest about certain things. Can I tell a story? Sure, go ahead. I love telling stories. I love telling stories on this podcast so much. All right. So this one time, we were throwing a surprise party for my friend, Ash. And uh, I lived in this apartment that had a really long hallway that led into a big uh, open room. Yes. Uh, which we made into our living room. It was like an adjoined living room slash kitchen slash sitting area. So we brought Gabby to the surprise party and then we told yes. ash like oh yeah we're hanging out like at the apartment it's just me and gabs and so ash comes home she opens the door we turned off every single light in the apartment except for the one in the hallway mm -hmm. and at the end of the hallway it's kind of a little bit dark and gabby's sitting there in the darkness waiting for ash and <laughs> what we did is everybody hid but we told gabby you need to sit in the middle of the <laughs> hallway and lure ash in so that when she gets to you and she asks you, like, what are you doing here? You need to say, surprise! And then everybody turns on the lights and it jumps out, right? But Gabby started crying. Because I got uncomfortable. Gabby couldn't say anything at all. She was just <laughs> she was just in the hallway. And Ash walked in. And the second she walked in, she was like, Gabby, what are you doing here? And then Gabby was like... <laughs> oh, for one, I don't like being in the dark. And two, I just genuinely don't feel comfortable sitting by myself waiting for the unknown to happen. Well, it was so cute because then Ash came down the hallway trying to make sure you were okay. And then we jumped out and everybody yelled surprise. And then you actually started crying a little bit and, and she, she gave you a big old hug. And, she, and you were like, I just didn't want to lie to you. I don't like to lie. It was so adorable, Gabby. You're so adorable. I, I genuinely don't like it. But that's not even a lie. That's just, that's having fun. Like, that's, that's a lie for a good reason, right? Lying for any reason I feel is bad. 
Unless, not even for a surprise. It adds to the surprise. Unless you're doing it to spare someone's feelings because of something happening to them. Or if you know something that really bugs somebody else. So and doing it to excite somebody is a bad thing? If you're comfortable with it, then you can. But I'm not comfortable. Word. I don't think Tanjiro would lie to anybody ever. No. For any reason. As we will probably discuss. Is that then. true? I don't think that's true. Because Tanjiro... When he first met Inosuke, and they needed to bury the dead bodies, Inosuke was like, Oh, what are we burying dead bodies for? We don't need to do that. Out of respect. Yeah, no, but Tanjiro then said, Oh, I understand. You're just so tired from all the things that you just went through, so you don't have the strength to bury these bodies. But he did that to trick Inosuke into wanting to bury the bodies. Yes. So Tanjiro tricked him. That's technically like a lie. Like, Tanjiro understood very well that Inosuke wasn't tired, he was just being callous. But he then told Inosuke what he needed to tell him to get Inosuke to do stuff. So that's like a manipulation. Though I say I will say that Tanjiro is a very kind of laid back friendly character. Mm-hmm. And he just did it to get the job done. Just like I asked you to sit in the end of the hallway to build the anticipation for Ash. So she wouldn't expect what was going on just to get which, the job done. Which made me uncomfortable, and that sounded a little bit arrogant. What sounded arrogant? I sound arrogant now? Yeah. What are you? Oh, is, are you calling me arrogant Arrogant because I'm comparing myself to Tanjiro again? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> We're the same guy. No, I don't understand no! how you don't get this. No. We are all redheads in this house, so no, you don't have the same exact red hair as Tanjiro. I didn't just he say has, that it's the red hair that I have in common with him. He has red hair, but not like ours, and yet has black hair at the same time. His soul is full of clouds and little helpful Okay, you're spoiling what we're going to talk about later, okay. so shut it. <laughs> Let's check this out. Uh, Ufotable. Ufotable. That's the production company responsible for this yes. this anime. I always thought it was Ufotable. Every time I, I watched the anime, it'd be like, Ufotable. And I'd be like, Ufotable. But it's actually UFO table. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's Looks like funny. they support aliens. You, yeah, aliens. Yep. And demons. Uh, Do you know what Mugen Train stands for? Demon Train? Nope. Infinity. Infinity train. Ah, which makes sense. It's kind of like a train that, uh, train train that's never ending or never seems to end. Yeah. You know what's really cool? The uh, this movie in general is like, it set new records uh, at the box office for an anime anime film. I think it was like the most, the the highest box office profits for any animated film. Did they say animated film? Because that would be a lot. That'd be, that'd be coming about with Pixar. Demon Slayer is, in fact, the highest grossing film of 2020, as well as the highest groping, uh, uh, groping, highest groping, highest grossing anime and Japanese film of all time. That does include uh, Studio Ghibli films. So it actually beat out Spirited Away. Spirited Away was the highest grossing anime film at the time, but now it's Demon Slayer. It's kicked its ass. Sorry, sorry, Studio Ghibli. I wouldn't believe that. I don't 
think they said animated film, but I'm not completely sure. Definitely for Japanese anime films, this was like yeah. the most. And that beat out like Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Ghibli, maybe. That is interesting because, yeah. And Studio Ghibli, I don't think. I don't know if they got official like Hollywood releases. They're more independent films. And True. then Demon Slayer Mugen Train, they were saying that the reason why it got such good production or such good uh the pandemic essentially cut down the amount of movies that were able to come out at that time and yep. with no movies available movie theaters were looking for more films to put on so they put on like a lot of theaters that would not have normally put on demon slayer put it on but there's also been cases where they've played my hero academia too yeah but if you remember that it's like you have to go to the right theater at the right time and it's only for like two weeks yeah and that kind of limited release really hurts box office results whereas demon slayer was in theaters for probably like a little over a month a really really long time so you just just by having it up there for longer means that more people can go see it and then i mean the pandemic has everybody fucking bored so <laughs> they're gonna go watch whatever but I mean, it got very good reviews on top of that, too. So it's not even just that a lot of people went to go see, like, you know, this weird anime movie, but a lot of people loved it. And I think that that's interesting, that there's something universally lovable about this story, you know? Also, it takes place right after the first season of the anime, too, which is unique. Yeah, but like Asa said, he didn't watch the anime first. He'd only watched a few episodes here and there, but he still loved the movie. Yes. Which is funny to think about. I wonder if if I hadn't watched the anime first, how would I have felt about the movie? You know, if I didn't watch the anime first, I would be kind of puzzled as to what 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 everyone was and why are they there in the first place. But I think that the movie is so well done that for people who are fans of the anime. Of course, like it scratches all those itches and everything gets picked up right where it left off. But the ability for them to go into Tanjiro's dreams and look at the reasons why he became the person he became, I think that helped fill in a lot of the blanks that would be necessary for people to understand who Tanjiro is as a character. Yes. Yeah. I was kind of puzzled why Rengoku was in the movie because... There wasn't really that much light shined on him in the other Hashira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like within the movie we should have had more time with him. I did think it was interesting because we've seen the other Hashira. Hashira. I don't want to say Hashira. <laughs> like an American. Hashira. Hashira. We've seen how they operate, like the butterfly lady. And then yes. uh, who's the guy, the really cool guy with the that saved Tandra the first time? He's a water swordsman. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name, but I can't off the top of my head. But he's got the black hair, the long black hair. Really yes. cool. Nobody likes him, apparently. Eh, I don't mind him. He has kind of like a subtle presence. He is there when he's not. I think he's cool. He seems like a cool... He also wanted to commit suicide if Nezuko went nuts. Do you mean he pledged that he would commit suicide if yes. Nezuko... Yeah, okay. Did he? Was he one of them? Yes. I thought it was the old guy on the mountain. The old guy and him. No way. And Tanjiro. Okay, yeah. I yeah, don't... he came out with the note to talk yep. to them. I get you. I don't remember the exact term that they used, but I do remember he was one of the characters. Yeah, Harikiri or Seppuku, one of those two. Mm -hmm. Maybe. 
Speaking of, so Tandrew is caught in this little demon dream. Because the demon put them all to sleep. Yep. Uh, and that's how they're able to explore the subconscious of characters. But Tandro figures out that the only way to get out of the dream is to kill himself. Yes. I thought it was a little weird that with Japanese culture, it wouldn't be like seppuku. Like he would stab himself in the gut, you know, and like let himself bleed out. It's normally how you'd kill yourself. But I think... Okay, think about it this way. You know how his father said there's a line that can set you free from this dream or whatever this is? Yeah, okay. When Tanjiro normally does sword fighting, he normally sees a line. The line is usually located by the neck, Mm -hmm. not by any other part of the body. So that makes sense to why he cut the neck instead of any other body part. Well, the, what I just I just thought right now, I was like, wait a second. Well, if he stabs himself in the gut, he's not necessarily going to die quick. It's not going to be instant. He's going to... He's going to stay within the dream even longer, but in pain. Dying, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why they were like, well, logistically speaking, committing traditional suicide by sword is not a great idea. So let's just have him cut his own neck so that it's a lot yeah. quicker. That's pretty brutal if you think about it. Yes. Also, can we talk about the nut job? Which nut job? The psychotic dream horror loving low level demon. The uh, yeah, what was their name? I don't know what their name was. I don't know what their name was either, but I do remember he was very intimate about creepy stuff. Intimate about creepy stuff. What do you mean? He loves seeing the pain and death of others. Within their own psychological dream. Yeah. I think that this... And he wanted to kill the souls within people's dreams so they would not just die, they would die spiritually as well. Yeah, I think that it's weird because he would kill them effectively but like leave them still alive, which is a weird thing. But I thought he was a really good antagonist. I thought that as far as antagonists go, you didn't like him. No. Exactly. He's an antagonist. He's supposed to be a bad guy. And he was so bad, actually, that uh, when he starts dying, I don't know if you picked up on this, but as he's dying, he's crying about how many people he didn't kill and how he wasn't able to murder a single person as he's burning up, which is unusual because when Tanjiro kills demons, generally speaking... Yes, they normally have a thought of peace or a dream of peace that sets them at ease. Regret or kindness, and they go like, now I can go back to playing with my little sister up in in the afterlife. But this demon was like literally so disgusting that they continued to want to murder people even as they were dying, you know? Yes. If I can make a reference to an anime... Sure. He was kind of like Grimm from Black Butler... Mm-hmm. Where he obsesses over killing people, because that's his job, he's a Grim Reaper. But he also obsesses over one of the main protagonists, Sebastian. Which is a demon butler, who already makes a contract and kills people. Word, word. Well, yeah, so... I think that this character was cool for a lot of different reasons. First off, the motivations were clear. I thought that this character was very well-written... For, like, what they wanted, they were doing everything they could to make it happen. But also, the design of the character is very just appealing. I think that they were cool. Like yes, with the purple... I will admit the design is very appealing. 
Yeah, well, the, the purple and then the, the fangs, like a little vampire, like a little yeah. vampy. And then uh, another word to throw out there is androgyny. They were very androgynous, which means that they, I mean, if, if somebody will get mad about this, but they had very masculine and feminine features collectively. I can agree. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I think that that, like the character in general was weirdly like pl- a pleasure. I hate to say the word pleasure, but a pleasure to look at, like they were cool aesthetically, but also the things that they say were like disgusting but also they had a very nice voice i can agree with the visually appealing stuff you don't think they had a nice voice though they they did choose a very good voice actor or actress to do the voice i will agree yeah but his personality was just i want to say the f word i but you're not supposed to like them they're they're an enemy they're I, i know but we shouldn't we should have had some sort of backstory as to why he's fucked up and creepy like this. But we didn't really... I mean, it's a demon. I think that is something that, kind of like getting back to the way that they died, they didn't really have an explanation or like a moment of regret or anything. They just kind of like were like, oh, I should have killed more people as they burned up. But usually we get some kind of backstory as to who they are Like when they're burning up. The demon before this one was a spider demon. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was given a very poor physical body. Mm-hmm. He couldn't exactly play or be with the kids. Yeah. And we got some sort of insight as to why. He... What, the, what the motivations for killing. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Because why is this demon so heinous? Because even the very end of the movie, when the other, the upper three, I think it is, uh, jumps out of nowhere and then does what he does. Uh, the whole time that he's talking about sparring with rengoku yep he's talking about how much he wants rengoku to live to get to his next level of potential to get to his next undefeatable layer of of existence and even that like was weirdly endearing like it it was kind of the demon clearly didn't want to kill him he wanted him to like come to his full power yes so there's still like a weirdly like nice motivation to that whereas yeah this this is literally the this androgynous demon the train demon was like the only demon in the entire history of Demon Slayer that's or, so far, history so far, <laughs> that has only really wanted nihilism, just to, to die and be killed and all that stuff. Because even when they were going to die before at the hand of uh, the master guy, I can't remember his name either, Michael Jackson, they were like, please, it would be an honor to die by your hand. So it would be cool to know their background, like who they who they were before being a demon. Even maybe. even the main boss of the higher level and lower level demons had some sort of backstory as to why he didn't want to be killed. The main boss of the demons? Yes. Yeah. Why was that? He started out as part human, part demon. Mm-hmm. He was a full human. He became a demon and he didn't want to die. Uh, Tanjiro's father, oh, sorry, Tanjiro's father almost nearly killed him, but somehow he survived. Tanjiro's father nearly killed him? Yeah. Okay, Gabby, was this in the anime or is this YouTube research? No, anime. I don't remember this at all. When did they explain that? In a few episodes, they explained it. I think in one flashback of an episode. 
Tanjiro's dad was a demon slayer? Yeah. I thought Tanjiro's dad was like really sick and the only thing he could do is like do the flame dance outside the family house or something. No. You're looking at me like I'm crazy and I'm not. I doubt this. I just doubt. I, I swear to God. You kn- okay. If this does not make sense, then why does the leader of demons not like Hanafuda earrings? Because they're not very stylish. No. Because Tanjiro's dad carried those Hanafuda earrings with him wherever he went. And he was a fire slayer. But that's... There, no, I, but that's not true because Tanjiro is currently trying to find out how to do the flame stuff. Because Tanjiro is confused. Tanjiro is like, my dad yes. wasn't, he wasn't a demon slayer, but he's able to do these fire dancing and fire But Tanjiro moves. never knew that he was a demon slayer. Okay, are you working on a fan theory or is this in the anime? This is in the anime. Okay, but are there little hints in the anime? Yes. Or did they literally say... Tanjiro's there dad. There are hints in the anime. But did they literally say it? No. So, yeah, of course I'm fucking confused because that doesn't make any sense to me. Have you watched fan theories on this? No. It can be in the anime. That's fine. But these little hints that are dropped on. Did you watch like a YouTube explana- explanation? No. Come- You've just been putting this theory together? Yes. I believe you because you're very smart. <laughs> but fuck And I'm also that. very perceptive of detail. But fuck that. I don't think that's... I don't know. You could be true. You could then be look true. for yourself. It also... Also, um, in Tanjiro's dream, right before he's about to wake up, when his dad says, uh, there is a way to get out of this. You just need to do a quick slice. Or he says whatever he says. Yes. I'm curious as to whether or not his dad actually was somehow spiritually reaching out. And why would he say, um, there's a way to get out of this by slicing your throat? If he had no idea what demon slaying was, why would he say specifically that? All right, well, I don't even know if it was actually his dad or if it was a manifestation. It was his dad! If it was a manifestation of Tanjiro's subconscious, because that could be the case. We don't, don't, don't jump to conclusions. That's a conclusion. You're, ju- you're jumping. I just wanted to take a second to say that we didn't confirm or deny this. I, I can't. I don't want to dig in to find if she's right because it'll spoil shit for me. So uh, I'm going to write this off as her theory on where the story's going. Uh, she re- she watches a lot of YouTube videos that like break down different hyperanalytical stuff on anime. So I'm worried that maybe that bled into here and maybe it's a fan theory. But then again, she could have read something or seen something that somebody wrote after reading the manga. So I don't know. It's anybody's guess. <laughs> But she's real smart, so I'm worried that she's right. Only because it ruined the story for me. But anyway, yeah, it's I'm not going to confirm or deny this for those hardcore Demon Slayer fans. And I'm sure somebody there is laughing about how right or wrong we are. It's okay. Okay, bye. You are hopping on to that conclusion. Hop hippity. Bop bibbity. Because his dad has no physical appearance other than flashbacks. So it would make sense that he has some sort of spiritual presence between this. Well, he would have like a lot of presence in Tandro's flashbacks because literally Tandro always thinks about him because he's his dad. And he looks exactly like him. Sure. Hey, can we talk about that too? Tandro, I really like the way that they've progressed Tandro's uh, adultification. Like his, they show his age slowly but surely throughout the the anime where. 
the very first episodes he's got like kind of longer hair and he's a lot shorter and he's got this weird scar on his on his forehead yes and as he's in the mountains his hair changes different sizes and then finally we have the tandro that we have now where he's got like not like short hair but like it's a little bit like my hair um fuck off <laughs> whoa <laughs> she says the f word but anyway, it is it's a little bit like the same length, right? Spark up. It is a little bit like the same length though, right? I am not commentating right. for this. It is. But anyway, um which is like not long but like semi long. Um medium length. And then the scars on his hands, like the the tough callous hands kind of like I have. Um, oh god, here we go. I'm sorry. I'm not trying everyone. to get to any. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I know you're getting it. And I'm not appreciating it or approving you, it. You need to calm down and handle the truth. But <laughs> I like oh, shut up. I like how they progress his general appearance. But what confuses me a little bit is how the scar on his forehead, as of right now, is really cool looking. But when he's a kid, it's this big patch of shit. I wouldn't say it's a scar of any sort. I'd say it's a a birthmark i think you're right because the dad had a similar birthmark on him so it was just kind of like yes and birthmarks usually get smaller over the course of a person's life but the dad still had a full birthmark on his head and the birthmark never changed but now now that tandrew is a lot cooler for some reason he's got this really cool like sonic the hedgehog genetics sorry, shadow the hedgehog birthmark it's not genetics because his dad didn't get this really cool scar his dad always had a big patch of scar or birthmark or whatever mm. yeah i don't it's i i, I want to like i, I hate we to say this but i want to rewatch the anime and see when that change happens because why does it happen it doesn't make we a lot don't of sense. know anything about his mother that i will admit we just know that she was the main caretaker of all the children yeah she didn't she doesn't seem like she was anything super duper particular no yeah not that she wasn't a nice lady, but, you know, she's a traditional mother in that time period. Yep. Yeah. I like the humor of this movie. The only thing I understood was the, the big brother skit. The other things I didn't really get. Yeah. Let's Okay, let's talk about that now. So there's a man that comes in, starts punching all their tickets. Yes. And then after all the tickets are punched... A bunch of demons start appearing, and then Rengoku literally rips them to pieces. And then yes. all the main characters start floating around him saying, like, Hello, big brother. You're the best. Can we trade under you? Yes. And the second that all that happened... What you didn't realize right away, and I did. I didn't, but Gabby was quick enough to know that was a dream the whole time. Before before they revealed it, she was like, This is a dream. But that's the, the big brother. What's, what's with the phrase big brother that tells you that was a dream? Because there's always a skit in anime that wants somebody to be called Big Brother without having any relation whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Big Brother or Big Sister, depending on what character does this. And whenever that happens, it's usually some kind of dream? Uh, daydream, regular dream, fantasy type, yeah. Okay. So nobody ever actually calls anybody Big Brother in the Correct. world of anime. The second that they, they say that is like a... The Q sign. This is a dream. That's cool. Yes. Which around that time is like when they weren't really trying to convince us that it wasn't it wasn't a dream anymore. Mm. And I also thought that it was uh, <laughs> mighty dangerous that Flame Guy is shooting all these flames 
all around him with all these passengers nearby. It seems like a really claustrophobic environment to be fighting demons, you know what I mean? But he's in a dream state of mind, so no one will get hurt anyway. But still, if he was acting the way he would have when he was awake, which they did, they all went, like, shooting flames and lightning all over the fucking train car. It makes me wonder, do you think that the flames are representative of a type of energy, or do you think that there are actually flames shooting out of this guy's sword? Uh, Appearance-wise, yes, I would agree they're actual flames. But fire energy, because he is a fire swordsman, might be coming out of the sword, and flames are a physical representation of that. So the flames are representative of... Like, the flames aren't actually real, it's just... He is dancing as if he has flames coming out of the sword. See, that's what I think. Because there's a book. It's called The Things They Carry. It's by a man named Tim O'Brien. Fantastic fucking book. But he says that one of the core elements to storytelling and doing a good job at it is not telling things how they were, but telling things how they felt. And that is the, the essence of a true story. And what I was thinking about with this film is the, or in in general with this show, is whenever um, Tandro's like swinging water around, or whenever Zenitsu is shooting lightning, or you know stuff like that. I, I always think like there's there's no way that if we're being real, that anybody can harness lightning or harness fire or harness water. Like I think sword just, stances. Yeah, I think that it just is a fancy way to indicate to us as an audience. That there are different styles. Yep. So there's not actually water coming out of the sword whenever Tandra is swiping around. Because, yeah, I don't think he ever has gotten, like, wet or anything. Because you'd figure Tandro, especially when Tandro there's, was there's... being lifted through the air by that arrow guy in, like, the in one of his first altercations. Yeah. Um, And he starts doing the water moves to bounce himself off, like, the sky and off the ground and off the trees and stuff there's only one swordsman style that confused me with this thing and that is the insect style where the insect lady focuses on more of poison yeah it seems less like a sword style and i think she actually uses insects and stuff but yeah yeah she kind of floats she flies up to zenitsu when he's unconscious up top of the house in the spider fighting episode and she takes the form of a butterfly that appears to Zenitsu. That seems kind of literal because she flew up there. I don't know. That's some weird stuff. But other than that, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But, yeah, the humor. I thought the humor in general was good. I thought, it, again, it brings me back to Zenitsu and Inosuke being kind of just like laughing, like the butt of a joke. They're just comedic humor, you know? Yes. At least Inosuke, like, has a good amount of substance as far as, like, fighting goes. Because he's always, like, got Tanjiro's back. Especially, like, in the Spider Mountain. And then in this, he's literally got his back. And then Zenitsu is always, like, kind of off to the side and being kind of a, a weenie or whatever. But even in this, he, yep. he only gets so much screen time. Not a lot of action from him. I admired the screen time that they gave Nezuko more than Zenitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Nezuko really doesn't say much. But it also makes me wonder, because we didn't mention this before, she has two demon powers, two demon arts. What's that? The waking demon flame that we saw in when she tried to wake up Tanjiro, 
She also lit the bonds on fire, the things that tied people together. Yeah. So she can create flames. And the power in the series, the other sacred demon art thing in the series, is she set those webs, those spider webs on fire that were, or to explode that connected her. Yeah. So maybe she's like Bakugo where she's very good with the fire type element. Well, she didn't just light those webs in the forest when they were fighting Spider Guy. She didn't True. just light them on fire. She dri- she dripped blood on them. Yep. And then she used, uh, like, she turned her blood into explosives. So maybe the blood bleeding from her head caused some sort of waking fire type thing. Interesting. I don't think I don't think about that. Because, again, she didn't use blood at that point, especially when they show her burning off the hand ties and stuff. She just kind of holds her hand above it and then a, sp- a fire sparks. Yep. But at least now we ha- ha- she has two abilities. Mm. It makes me wonder, will she have any more going down the line? Oh, absolutely. I mean, same with uh, Tanjiro. And even if he was only to be like a water water guy, he's still like coming up with new techniques and he has more to learn because we saw what that other badass guy can do. During the spider fight, when the spider web guy like started closing all the webs in on yes. that Hashira, he uh, he did some crazy water technique shit and just ripped it apart. So there's more that Tanjiro can learn in the water technique alone, but he also is seemingly working on, I forget if it's flame breathing or fire breathing. They were particular to say that there's one of those two does not actually exist, which I think might be a thing later on. I think that there might be a difference between flame breathing and fire breathing, and they're going to indicate that what tandro can do is like flame breathing or whatever yes yeah because if you i mean, it's just for me i i saw that there there might be a visual difference between what rengoku was doing and what we know tandro can do seems a little different to make the main protagonist more special yeah which you know shonen is is common sometimes yeah i knew that this one was different uh yes and and exactly like Midoriya, the one for all type thing. Yeah. When I first watched this show, Demon Slayer, it, that kind of turned me off a little bit from the from wanting to see more because they did do that thing where it's like, oh, this kid in the woods wants to protect his demon sister, and even though I'm sworn to kill demons, I've I've somehow decided that this kid's different. This one's not like the others. He's special. He threw a rock in the air and confused me so that. Or sorry, no, he threw his axe in the air and confused me so that he could get closer. For me, the animation and the music is what attracted me to it. And you know how I don't like gory stuff. Mm -hmm. I am straight up almost no gore at all. But there is just something different about this one that made me feel like watching it. Well, I think that they very generally do a great fucking job of having just enough gore. Where, sure, they cut off people's heads, but there's not blood constantly spraying. Like, there's an anime called Helsing. <laughs> Excessive. Which I I know nothing about until the mic goes to Kyle on this one. It's violent. There's lots of dying. The main character regularly, like, tries to get himself ripped apart, seemingly. He's constantly getting, like, full of holes and stuff, and they're always ripping people. It's a vampire anime, <laughs> but it's heavily balanced towards action. It's, it's from around the time of... um. Trigun and Cowboy Bebop. It I might be actually a little earlier. but I only know Trigun. 
Trigun's actually not violent at all either. But either way, Demon Slayer does a really good job of balancing that act between shonen, which is like kid anime or shonen jump stuff, like Naruto based stuff, and heavy adult themes with uh, you know, people dying and kids getting eaten and all that stuff and showing it on screen. Yep. But it never really feels all that violent. It I mean, that is a good contrast though, because there are moments in the anime, specifically when Michael Jackson, the main bad guy, is walking down the alleyway. And then he Kyle turns... says Michael Jackson because we don't really remember the person's name. Yeah, but the main bad guy, the biggest, yep. biggest, baddest demon of them all. He uh, kills these two people and then he turns Ku... this girl into... Kubutsuji, I think his Kubutsuji. name is. That sounds right. But he turn... he uh, puts his blood in this girl and she gets like overfilled with his blood and then she turns into like this cellulose pile of meat. That kind of shit is horrifying and i like that they have that contrast where you can see tanjiro kill somebody and it's violent sure but then you see the main anime bad guy do something incredibly violent so they're they're capable of going the lengths and showing you the worst stuff you could possibly think of but they most of the time reserve themselves so that they're saving the big violence for big moments agreed i think that that's why this anime is so much more palatable even though it covers things that normally would bother you. There are even some parts where I just looked away that you watched. Because I I can handle a lot of things, but that's not particularly one of them. Yep. I only watch horror anime during the month of October. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been speculating that may or may not have a season two in October. God, I hope so. Although we did see that they do have some other, like, they say season two on them but they're like 45 minute hour and a half episodes or something which we need to check out but we wanted to do this episode before we i think those are specials but i'm not really the because it says special on the credits on Funimation. yeah but like the other reason that i really really dig this movie is that it is not what they call an ova which I think I actually bitched about this during the My Hero Academia episode. There's a really cool, climactic, crazy fight and event and all that stuff. And at the end of the movie, they just undo it. And then the characters haven't progressed at all. The movie has nothing to do with the show. Yeah. But I think that I was very excited going into this movie because I knew... They tied it in just right. That Yeah, that the movie had something to do with the show. And then, like, lo and behold, it's actually a story arc from the show. I'd be more curious as to find out what the Demon Slayer leader can do. Yeah, he seems like he's got something brewing. Yeah. I'm more curious for him to end up in season two. I looked what he has up as far as things that are up with him. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil anything because it might be material for yeah, the second season. Yeah, please don't. That's uh-huh. why I'm saying about the Tanjiro's dad stuff. I don't trust you. I think that you looked up a fan theory and no, don't ruin I did- it for me. Because the, the manga is far ahead. As they I didn't are. look up any theories on this. And this side, you know how I yab about fan theories and the way they think. For this particular thing, it's just my collection of what I've gathered through watching the series. Not once, not twice, but three times. You can like watch- I said, I trust you. I think you're smart. So this movie struck a particular chord with dialogue from the villain when they said, in regards to Tanjiro running up to the front of the train and confronting them, 
uh, they see Tandros awake and they say, how can this be when the human desire to wrap themselves up in comfortable dreams is of such great magnitude? But essentially what the, what the bad guy is getting at is that humans have a large propensity to stay asleep and dream instead of deal with reality. Like they don't want to deal with the harshness of reality. They'd rather kind of like play around with it and like act as if it's not real. Yeah. And I thought that that was interesting because this movie came out during COVID. So maybe it got a little bit of influence from COVID itself while during production? Not necessarily because COVID, like this story arc, this whole train thing, this bad guy and Rengoku and all that stuff, this was already part of the story. It just happened to come out right now. Which was perfect timing. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting how the the moral of the story is to not get lost in your dreams and to wake up and deal with reality because you have to. And I think that COVID is one of those things where, I mean, the reason that COVID is spreading, this is complicated. I can't necessarily say. COVID is not necessarily spreading solely due to negligence. Because what I can say in America is that COVID started overtaking because people can just stay the fuck home for like a two week period. If everybody stayed home for two weeks, maybe three weeks or whatever, just literally didn't go anywhere, didn't talk to anybody, didn't see anything, then COVID wouldn't spread. It would stay exactly in people's houses. And then by the time that they were done with it, it'd be over. There is the case where people were going into hospitals and then hospital workers were being infected. So that affects the numbers, uh, but the numbers would have plummeted if people just stayed home for like two week periods. But in America, people weren't doing that. People were kind of acting like and rebelling not... against like it. It's something small. It doesn't really matter. Downplaying it. Yeah. And not wearing masks and still going out and hanging out with friends and, and doing all the shit. And that's what kept COVID around and thriving for when everybody else got tired of its shit and just decided to not listen to rules. <laughs> during the, the summer and all that like children so yeah I, I thought that this movie really correlated with that aspect of covid where people like anti-maskers and now we've got anti-vaxxers for some fucking reason uh, people are still trying to like maintain this this dream of either covid isn't actually a threat or covid isn't worth defeating right now because the more people that get vaccinated the less that mutations are going to happen less mutations happen then the less this is going to be a problem in our future but people can't just do that but i i did want to say that that is a very first i hate to say first world but a first world interpretation of the problems because covid isn't just spreading here it's spreading in other places where it's not as simple for people to just stay home for two weeks that's not an option people will starve within two weeks you know mm. and die but in the first world, like literally for us, it's just like, don't go anywhere. Maybe go get some stuff from Stop and Shop. Cook at home for a little while. But it's easy for me to just say that, you know, in America, we, we're we just sleeping. I mean, it is still happening because people have access to the vaccine that people in other countries would fucking kill for. And then these people here are just like, let's just not do it. Let's just not get vaccinated because I don't know. It could be like a government conspiracy or some shit. There could be chips in there like potato chips. I'm not responding to that joke because that joke was not funny. Yeah, it wasn't. And I won't try to make you say any of this, but for me, I, I did think that there was an interesting correlation between the moral of the film 
at least the train part of the film. I'm like, just letting you speak because I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. Maybe that's best. I'll put myself on the line. I don't want to put you on the line, but... Yeah, get your fucking vaccinations, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. What the, what the fuck? Why are we talking about this? Anyway, um... You're the one who started it. I'm sorry. It's and this, this movie definitely didn't say that. There was definitely no, in, in no implicit political commentary because, like I said, this was a story arc before it was COVID. Yes. So, yeah. How do you feel about this? Uh, it is the duty of the strong to improve life and look out for the weak. I agree with that comment. I don't know what to call it. Quote? Quote. Yeah, that was yeah. Rengoku's mother talking to Rengoku as he was a kid before they hugged. Which I thought was kind of sweet. Mm -hmm. I agree that the strong should protect the weak because there, there are some people that can't defend themselves. Like me. I can't defend myself physically. That's why you got a big strong older brother. Kick the shit out of anybody. Yeah goes looking at you the wrong way you know true i'm strong i'm more of a verbal fighter than physical for obvious reasons mm -hmm. but is it their duty do you think that it should be if somebody is like quote unquote a strong person because in a dramatic example we've got like i take care of you i carry you around <laughs> i love you to pieces if anybody ever hurt you i'd <laughs> hurt them but let's say that somebody else is just kind of like lazy they don't want to get a job they're kind of sitting around other people pay their bills i know who you're referencing in this you don't because i'm talking about somebody different but you you can think of somebody that i'm talking about and that's like, i think that's a pretty universal thing where somebody can think of oh yeah somebody who's a fucking deadbeat should other people be responsible for taking care of that person or should that person kind of go off and go fuck themselves you know because it's a very romantic idea the idea that the strong should help the weak but weak is it's kind of like strength so you can be strong of mind you can be strong of will you can be strong literally physically or just intelligence like i you can... i think she meant physical strength but that doesn't track because there are different types of strength if you're if you're a super genius, then it's your duty to humankind to create airplanes or to create the next starships or in, ingenuitive stuff. But if you're physically strong, then it's your job to the world to produce the labor that is needed to build the rocket ship, right? Yes. So when she says strong, strong doesn't. I don't think that she she I mean clearly in their in their kind of a world it's kind of a might makes makes right kind of world like the strong physically should protect the weak physically. I think the mother was also physically weak but I don't know from what. She seemed to have died from cancer or something. I did not do any research on this. I would have but, but I you didn't want to ruin stuff. I didn't want to ruin stuff. Yeah, keep it that way. You don't want to do that. I didn't want to go too I already learned about the, the Demon Slayer leader a, a little bit. Okay, don't tell me. <laughs> I don't want to know. Nobody wants to know. Maybe right. people want to know. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Anyways, I, I don't really like how anime has a tendency to get over dramatic about shit. But they, they, there is kind of in the same way that I was talking about how you've got fire breathing and water breathing and... Different kinds of breathing styles. Earth breathing, thunder breathing. But there's no mm. actual literal flame coming out of the sword. It's just representative. 
It's saying how it That's felt. That's what we think. Yeah, it's saying how it felt as opposed to how it was. Yep. And in the same way, I always look at the the strong protecting the weak, and I think that that's very inspirational in their world, but how do we take that and apply it to our world? Because it's not like I'm going to walk down the street and see somebody cowering from a demon, and then I'm going to have to chop its head off to try to protect them because I'm strong enough to do that. No, but there are bullies in this world. They don't have to be necessarily that dark. Exactly, but a lot of bullies take on different forms and most of the time the appropriate way to deal with a bully isn't to beat the shit out of them because you're physically strong enough to do that it's to provide emotional support to your friend because they're being bullied uh or it's to report the bully so that they get punished and then they stop bullying other people Mm -hmm. and sometimes if you have to yes reaching out and saying like hey leave people the fuck alone or else i'm gonna hit you in the face (laughs) that can be important but i mean now i'm 27 it's not like that's a good thing to do. Threatening people is not a good way to be. You so, need to find people to help. So, so you find ways to help people in different ways, you know? So you're putting age on top of this? Absolutely. If I were to go out and see somebody being like, I don't know, talked down to by a car salesman and I go punch the car salesman in the face, that's bad, right? I'm sorry. I really don't like car salesmen. I think they're huge fucking, they're super duper bullies. But anyway. I don't have experience dealing with car salesmen, so you're fine. Because you drive wheelchairs, not cars. I roll with it, okay? We roll with it. I'm the only one that can roll. You can't. Us. Nope. Me. I I roll in your wheelchair sometimes. And don't you think that's annoying? I love it. I I don't like when you do that. I find it supremely fun to roll around in your wheelchair. I kind of of find it insulting in some degree. Insulting? Sorry. No worries. Because you can physically move around... Yeah. And there's no point in you going in the wheelchair. Well, I have to move it sometimes for and, you. Like if I bring you outside of the car and I have to bring it back inside. Then just roll it like a normal chair. Don't sit in it. Just well, It's a real pain in the ass to walk along it while, it's, while I'm pushing the butt. Hey. It's hey, less hey, fun hey. for you. Hey, I will hey. move that. Hey, 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 hey. Same as occasionally treating hey, me like a chair. Hey, 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 hey. Sometimes I sit on my little sister just to freak her out. <laughs> yes. But I give you hugs frequently. But I don't like when you sit on me. Okay. I'll never do it again. That's a lie. That's a freaking lie. You're no, never... no, I never lie. Oh, yes, you do. Okay, I lie sometimes. You lie a lot. Gabby. Yes? How am I supposed to protect the weak in our contemporary world? Protesting? Protesting is probably a way to do it adding to funds, listening to people when they're upset, because I feel like a lot of people get brushed off. That's what they call gaslighting, when somebody complains and you go like, no, 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 that's not actually a problem, you know? That's what therapists are for. Gaslighting? But I'm... Nope. <laughs> as far as if you want somebody to listen to you, and you don't really have a friend with you at the very moment... Normally, talking to your mother or brother or a therapist would be a good idea. Or writing about it. If it emotionally bothers you, that could help. Fighting depression, you could start a podcast. (laughs) I'm a sad person, but... So am I. There were zero casualties. Other than the demon dying? No, there were not. Well, other than Rengoku dying. He's a casualty. Yeah. So, first off, there weren't zero casualties, just saying. But supposedly nobody on that train died, and the train ended up 
jackknifing and flipping all over itself and crashing and nobody died. Because Isn't that, like, ridiculous? Rengoku ex- uh, used all his energy up to protect the weak as the train was rolling over and doing all this shit because he was fast enough to compensate for it. I remember Zenitsu saying something about that where while the train was in the process of crashing Rengoku ran around and performed a whole bunch of attacks kind of like when Tanjiro was being thrown around by the arrow demon uh, in the sky yes uh Rengoku performed some attacks to knock the train back into a better place yes yeah so I mean like I guess that that technically makes sense but it's still a whole bunch of bullshit they did say that a lot of people were hurt which was an important detail so I wish we had more time when, with Ren Goku. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the movie gave him a. It gave us a lot of insight insight as to who he is. There was a lot of character development, yeah. For him, but I wish we had a little bit more time to figure out what he would have done for Tanjiro, how he would have done things with the other Hashira. Well, you know, it's that's the thing. It's it's a it's a tragic death. Nobody's supposed to enjoy it. Yes. It's, it's a sad thing that that happened. You know, Rengoku is a support character. Support characters normally don't last that long. Yeah. Well, I I actually wrote down a quote from you right after we finished the movie. I didn't want the flame dude to die, and if the next part didn't happen, then he wouldn't have died. You were kind of like, you wanted it to go back in time. You wanted it to be undone. You, you, like. Yes, because I felt extremely horrible because I didn't want him to die. I wanted to know more about this character. I wanted him to have more time mm-hmm. because I genuinely liked the character, which is rare within this anime. Yep. You, you, it's rare with this anime to like the character? I don't like Zenitsu very much, as we all know. Yeah. I don't mind the boarhead. I can't really relate to the boarhead. Mm-hmm. I like fire. I like the general element of fire. And seeing the element of fire kind of makes me happy for some reason. Yeah. It, I felt weird at the end of the movie because I didn't know how to feel. Yeah. But I, you just generally liked that guy and so losing him made you really depressed it made me wonder if there's any point in your life would you go back to it would you would you go back to any point in your life certainly which point uh there's just a everyone has a lot of things to be to change in their life or they want to but they can't because history is the way that it is I was going to say, you can go back to that time, but who's to say that anything would turn out different? If you knew that eventually you would end up back here doing this right now, would you still go back in time just to re-enjoy the good times? That's... I would let this happen as is right now. Hmm. I guess that's kind of a complicated question. I know, but yeah. I, I don't know how to respond. Cause there's... Would you go back in time and try to change stuff? Yes. Like, oh, I guess I can't ask what. That's a little too personal. Yes, I agree. Mm. All I can say is yes, that I would. There are certain things in my life that I would change. I just think it's interesting. The, the correlation between wanting desperately to go back to a different time that was better and mm. the idea that if the 
anime bad guy put you into a dream and then brought you back to where you wanted to be do you think you'd be happy with that i don't know do you think you'd be able to figure out that it's a nightmare and then you'd be able to get out or do you think that the comfy times would kind of take you over that i can't really say for sure i i just can't i don't know how to respond to that i wouldn't go back and i wouldn't change anything I guess it depends on how strong your personality is and how strong those ties are to your memories itself. Well, my personality is very strong, and I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't change anything. I'm sure there's something that you would like to change, but I'm not sure what it would be. Well, even the bad things. Like, there's there's things that I technically regret. I would love them to have turned out a different way, but they also ended up contributing to who I am now. And I think I'm pretty fucking cool. So why would I want to change that? I think you're pretty fucking cool, too. I, I don't know what you would change about yourself and why you'd change it, because I think that you've ended up excellent as a person. I don't. I would never want to change anything about you. Mm. Don't I, you think you're cool? I accept my nerdiness for what it is, and I love that part of myself very well, much. Oh, there's a lot more. There's the, the, the fucking... We talked about the five motor skills that you worked on. And then uh, slowly working on the video games and then the stuff that you do. Like, Gabby had difficulty reading for a little bit. Yes. And what she did was, while she was playing Zelda, because she couldn't understand what anybody was saying, because she couldn't read, like, that fast or read these long, drawn-out sentences because her 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 difficulty reading, she got a, an iPad and she started looking up YouTube videos on people reading the dialogue. So yes. she would play the video game... And then as the dialogue so the, would come up, she'd look up the scene with the dialogue and then just have the Or iPad just let it her. play. I would look things up on my computer or device, no matter what that was, and let them be the commentator of the words that the I could The narrator, yeah. yeah. But you realize that's fucking brilliant, right? Of the words that I couldn't understand. And when there were certain specific passwords within the Zelda game... I'd write those passwords down yeah, and just try them out each time. But Gabby, that's super smart. This is like a really smart, like you've overcome a lot of shit and you've gone through a lot of stuff, but you, you haven't taken crap from anybody. I've heard you stick up for yourself and it makes me so fucking proud. And I've had to learn to stick up for myself when there isn't anybody there to help me. <laughs> but you know how proud that makes me, right? Like... The shit with you don't want to do you don't want to do that I, on a podcast, but yeah. But you know exactly. But a friend, a friend yeah. who was trying to manipulate you, yeah, and you stuck up for yourself. And I was, I was puzzled, but I chose myself over her very controlling ways. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. You're a cool person, and you had to go through that toxic relationship to learn how to stick up for yourself. And I had to go through. <laughs> Multiple most of the shit that I've gone through. Multiple different relationships. Not even just the relationships. The friendships, the accidents, the hospital trips. I've learned a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I, it's made me who I am. And the things that you've been through have made you who you are. So if you just go to try to go back or to change it or to dream it away, what if you end up different than how you are now? I would have to see myself within that reality to figure out if I was happy with that or not. But can't you say with any sort of certainty that you like yourself right now? I'm okay with myself, but I'm not... <laughs> Gabby, don't break my heart. I'm okay. Don't break my heart. I'm not completely 
all right with myself, but I'm okay. Well, listen, Gabby, I think you're fucking terrific. I am so proud of you as an older brother. And maybe maybe I'll convince you how great you are. We all have our insecurities, <laughs> dude. I get you. I'm not going to I'm not going to put you on on the spot and be like well, I kind of just did, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, mental health is mental health, but I yeah. I can only try to convey to you so much that I love you to fucking pieces, and I would never want you any other way than how you are. You're great. Agreed. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I have speculations about Rengoku's brother. Mm-hmm. I feel like he will fulfill the role of Rengoku and maybe work as a companion to Tanjiro. Or may, or maybe both Tanjiro and Rengoku's brother will work on being fire swordsmen together. I don't know. Yeah. I was uh, wondering a similar thing while the movie was playing out. That supposedly, like, they chose, the, the creators of the anime chose this story arc to be a movie. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, it... it does a few things for the first time the first it has the first death of a hashira it also has the first reveal of an upper level demon. demon but i also wonder with the way that tanjiro acts after the death and his shown talent for fire breathing or flame breathing i wonder how influential this is for him as a character because they chose this as a movie it could be like a a pivot in a turning story. point for Tanjiro's story. Exactly. So maybe maybe this is like supposed to show like him going over and like trying to be like I don't know inspiration to Rengoku's little brother or some kind of relationship to Rengoku where he's trying yes. constantly to be like Rengoku or trying to be like his father was. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be it's a, I think it's a strong indicator that eventually and Rengoku said that black sword swordmen don't really know what they want to specify in style yeah they don't know what they 100 percent want to be a water swordsman a fire swordsman yeah they don't really know i also think that that's eventually going to come back to trying to make tanjiro into some kind of i don't know avatar-esque character where he just tries to specialize in a bunch of different types maybe maybe not we're not sure yet yeah we just know that he's learned the the water element mm -hmm. and he may or may not learn the fire element word but we do know that he has some sort of interest in it but that's all i can say to that i hope it's not like avatar well it's not like he's got to learn all the styles to save the world but it could be something where like the only way that he can get because we saw how fierce the upper level demon was yes maybe the combination of different styles and stuff might have some kind of advantage you know agreed so, like pokemon there are different types and different advantages to having those types on your team well even just looking at it because you got the demon the upper level demon upper level three that rengoku fought yes. both of them had kind of a tenacious nature about them they were both fiery for lack of a better word and if you try to fight fire with fire it don't work so good sometimes so I wonder if there might be some kind of correlation with like different kind of intensities of monsters. Like this one's got, you know, got flame shit going on. Try to fight fire with fire. Maybe it don't work out great. And then if Tandro tries to master different kinds of arts, then he can adapt 
what type of element style is best for which demon. I don't know how far the manga goes into that. I could be completely wrong. I uh, I have personally not read the manga myself. I like the idea that people who have read the manga have been listening to our conversation and being like, oh, oh mm, I don't know. Twitchy. Yeah. I'm only reading two mangas right now, which are Food Wars and Snow White with the Red Hair. Cool. Are there anime? There's animes for Food Wars. That's on Netflix, yes. right? All of the seasons, there are four right now that are currently dubbed. There are technically five. Mm-hmm. But the fifth one is not released for English audiences or Western audiences, if you want to be correct. I'm only on the first book, and I really do like it. It's a very funny, weird type of anime. Yeah. Does Snow White have an anime? Snow White does have an anime. Okay. My curiosity with that, because it's, it's exactly like how it should be in the anime, is that they bow-tied it. They bow-tied st- it. They stopped at a certain point within the story and are encouraging you to read the book to find the rest out. Find out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, most of the time I just hate it when they do that. That kind of sucks. I, I don't like it when they do that either. When I read Vampire Night, I felt the exact same way. Yeah. Netflix had season one and season two, mm-hmm. but there was enough there to make a season three. Yeah. You had to read the manga itself to figure it out. Yeah. I really, really, really like Berserk, which, <laughs> <laughs> if they've been following the news, know that the creator of Berserk just died recently and he has not finished the manga so it's like really far along they were all pretty sure it was gonna end soon but i i'm not caught up i didn't catch up i read the first three deluxe volumes and i want to keep going from there i'm still gonna read a lot more it's it's entirely worth it but they have a history of making tv shows for that manga and then just kind of dropping them off and never like, finishing them. Like they did with Game of Thrones. No, Game of Thrones got finished <laughs> to but, everybody's dismay. But... Yeah, but not the right way that it should have been finished. There are theories that Kentaro Miura, yeah, the name is blocked for me. I couldn't see it. But the creator, Berserk, supposedly had an entire team of people that were technically doing a lot of the art for him. And he had supposedly told the way that the story was supposed to go to a few different of his uh, apprentices. So hopefully they'll still be able to produce more and get it done. With a similar mindset to the original creator. Yeah, it does make you wonder, though. Like, George R. R. Martin had a plan. Maybe he told the directors and writers of Game of Thrones how he wanted the show to end. And they technically did it, but didn't do it. They didn't tell it the right way. So that very well could have been like the actual ending to all of game of thrones it's just nobody liked it because of the way it was told and so it's kind of like a weird like you want the ending of berserk to be told but you're worried that maybe they won't tell it in the right way and it just won't be the same and so it'll end on like a sour note for people who love the series you know it's like how i felt when fruits fruits basket finished mm-hmm. i didn't feel like it was ended properly it was average Mm -hmm. over my history of watching anime but there is just something off but the creator of fruit's basket had something to do with that show right yes 
So that's the that's the how I feel about stories. Like you can end it however way you want. Not everybody sticks the landing, but the show is still good along the way, you know. True. Which is why I'm still definitely going to be reading Berserk, even if nobody ever finishes it. I still want to get everything in between. Because that's really, really cool stuff from what I hear. That's so. one of the reasons why I'm reading Snow White with the Red Hair. To pick up on the small details that they might have done differently. And to see how that truly ends. Does the main characters get married? Do they not get married? What's going on? Well, Gabby, if you were to recommend Demon Slayer Mugen Train to anybody, who would you recommend it to and why? People who 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 like a visual appeal, appealing sort of animation style and if you like action if you like gore if you just like funny little things like kyle has mentioned there's skits in there <laughs> it depends on how you feel about it if you feel okay about it and you're willing to give it a look please go ahead and try yeah but if you don't feel comfortable with gory stuff or action then maybe this episode will satisfy you to giving that a try as well. Do you think that people need to watch the anime in order to enjoy this movie? Yes and no. Okay. I'm, I'm keeping Ace's perspective because he enjoyed it without watching any of the anime at all. Yeah. Or some of it. And I enjoyed it. I found it very informative about some characters. Mm-hmm. And some things that may pass on through season two. Do you think this would be a good one for people who have never watched anime before? Do you think it could be something that would convince them, like, I should watch anime? I don't know how to say it to answer that. Because anime depends on the person. That's, I don't think that's necessarily always true. I think that there are certain experiences that people can have, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, yeah, I should do that. Like, I, like... I never used to be really into books and somebody handed me a really, really good book. And I was like, let's be honest. It was a girl, she's a pretty girl. And I was like, oh shit, I like this girl. I better read this book so that I have something to talk to her about it. So I read the book in order to impress the girl. And then I ended up really liking the book. And then now I read books constantly. I want to write books. I want to, so it can be like little things that like it's not part of your personality yet, but then you watch something and it opens a door for you. We're like, holy shit, this is. I really will cool, admit you know? that you can suggest an episode or a particular title, and it's up to them to decide to watch it or not. Yes, but the thing about anime is, is they start off really slow. They can have yeah, they can have kind of slow beginnings, like My Hero Academia, or like this anime has kind of a weirdly. For me, it felt like a long beginning. Until, because there's like, uh, there's Zenitsu and Inosuke who are in the op opening credits clearly, and they don't come in until like halfway through the show. Agreed. Which is like a really long fucking time. So I thought that it was a really, really slow start. I thought it was all really cool, crucial stuff uh, toward Tandro's character development. Nothing was unessential. Really, really great show. But it did take kind of its time getting around to that stuff, uh, I felt like. And so what I think is that this movie establishes enough about the characters for you that I think that you could watch this movie without having watched the anime and it will still be a really good story. I won't say that it'll necessarily make you always like, be like, Oh shit, I should be watching more anime. But I do think that there are uh, essential th characteristics of anime with really, really strong artistic ap appeal, uh, really, really good character development, 
decent comedy that's not over the top or like annoying mm. um like whenever zenitsu gets all pervy and stuff that they didn't uh, go overblown with that no i've seen animes that do that yeah but then there is the large emotional component to animes which a lot of people i don't think when they think about anime they don't really get that but some can relate and some can't it depends on how you feel towards this anime and if you if you relate to it like for me watching fruits basket i related to a character that i initially didn't like in the first run yeah well what i'm just trying to say is that like sad animes have sad stories yeah. sometimes and kind of like in this anime you've got the entire character arc of rengoku we meet him and the this is the beginning middle and end of his presence in the show yes which i didn't like maybe you didn't but i thought it worked really really well for story arcs and i thought it re- worked really well for people who might not have watched the show but watched the movie regardless because no matter what it's a really talented swordsman and he dies trying to protect all the people on his train based on his sense of duty to protect the weak all of his character development in that movie is essential for people who have never seen the show before because it keeps them interested so there's not things that they haven't seen before or haven't heard before that are confusing them or pissing them off everything was really well explained so yeah i think that any anybody could watch this movie i really do uh, and I think that it might actually make you want to watch Demon Slayer, the show. I think that it would positively encourage you to watch. Encourage you. Yeah. And I also think that it's worth watching the movie and getting psyched for the show because the show is fucking staying with this much success behind it. There's no way that we're not going to see the end of the show. There's no way it's going to like just kind of fizzle and like never get an ending which happens with animes sometimes it's really frustrating or like you said they'll give you a taste of it and then want you to read the the mangas yep but with this show it's pretty clear that they're going full throttle toward producing all the manga into screen so i think it's worth you investing your time into the show because i think it's going to pay off for you i think that it's going to be really really great anime to come you know yes i agree so general all around thumbs up everybody watch it watch anime god damn it we're not forcing you. We're just trying to convince you and encourage you to do so. Just trying to let you know it's a good idea. You'll feel feelings. Yep. It'll make you cry. Hopefully not like Zenitsu, but it'll more, certainly make you feel emotional. More like Tanjiro in the end of the movie. And Inosuke. And Zenitsu. Everyone was crying. The, the crow was crying. The insect people were crying, too. <laughs> Every Hashira, if I'm saying that right, Got emotional by the death of Rengoku. All right. I've been Kyle. I've been Gabby. And this has been Not Film School. I'm supposed to say, and this has been, and then you say, okay. <laughs> well, she already said it, so it's it's all good. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh.